you know what you said was so spot on. I think people think that they have to be Mother Teresa or Gandhi or Oprah or Jesus. You don't. You have the power right now to be loving to yourself and other people. You have the power. That is like being the most powerful being in the world, right? To be able to show love. So you don't have to be this huge thing. Like you already are. You just have to kind of tap in and just be your on your your authentic self. And you have the power to change the world just by your presence. So every day we make that choice. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one. And it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you. I support you. And I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. I had the pleasure of being on the Love and Compassion podcast with Giselle Taraba. We had such a great conversation that we needed to continue it. And I'm so grateful to have her here as a guest. She has such a beautiful heart and soul. She talks about her journey through pain and suffering, which aided in her growth to becoming the person she is today. During the episode, we also talk about the power of forgiveness, the Christ consciousness, mindfulness, meditation, and a story about the most courageous display of love and compassion I've ever heard which totally blew me away. Giselle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Yes, I wanted to uh, continue our conversation. I was lucky enough to be a guest on Giselle's podcast, Love and Compassion. And uh, it was such a great conversation. Uh, as we were having it too, I'm like, she has to come on the podcast uh, just so we can talk a little bit further. Uh, so Giselle, even with your podcast, how did that start? What inspired you to, to begin the Love and Compassion podcast? Oh, thank you for asking that question. And thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was talking to this lady um, called Laura Naughton. And um, we were talking about uh, compassion. Um, I had just finished my compassion training um, and I was working in the child protection system at the time, um, something I had dreamt of doing uh, for a very long time. And I was trying to figure out how to, how can we actually bring compassion into these systems? Um, how do we bring compassion to child protection and so on? Um, and I actually found out through someone else that there was this lady doing compassion work in the uh, prison system in Angola. And uh, and I was hearing a little bit about it and she was doing some amazing work. And so I emailed her and basically said, will you spend some time with me and just chat with me and tell me about what you're doing? Because I'd like to see how we can bring this into the child protection system. When I was working in child protection, I saw a lot of like suffering and fear and power over. Um, and so I thought if we can bring greater compassion, maybe we could work better with the families and work better with the kids and then make sure that they have good outcomes. And so as I was talking to... Um, Laura, she, you know, we, she spent so long talking to me. She talked to me about an hour and a half out of nowhere, like literally out of nowhere, I got this impulse to ask her about a book. And, uh, and I didn't know where that came from. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to get the book as a thank you. 
Um, and so uh, I got this book because she had spent so much time with me and I had learned so many different things that I could start to implement within child protection. Um, and I was so grateful for her time. And then I read this book, Justin. <laughs> and this book blew me away. Mm. It was a story about a woman who uh, goes to Belize to go on vacation. Um, and, you know, um, she uh, had asked God for an extraordinary experience of love and very soon after gets kidnapped and raped twice by this man. And so the story really is about this woman during the actual acts being able to hold compassion and love for herself and for this person. And in that interaction, she was able to see his humanity and she was able to just kind of lean in and try to find out more about him as a way to survive the experience. What ended up happening was that he started seeing her as a person worth saving because she really thought she was gonna die. And so, they got through the experience. He actually took her home. He, you know, he took care of her as if he was a cab driver. Um, and uh, so through that experience afterwards was her writing the book was hard, trying to understand what happened, trying to understand. And then through it, actually trying to understand the system and how people reacted after she came back home and told them what had happened to her and how people's reactions to her experience because really, I think she was criticized for showing love and compassion to a person that was hurtful and criticized for actually caring about the other person. And it wasn't that she wasn't caring about herself. In fact, she believes that love saved her life that day because if she hadn't leaned in into that person's suffering, she believed that he was going to kill her. And so this story blew me away because it was such an extraordinary act of compassion. It was such an extraordinary act of love and one of the things she said in my podcast, which I loved was, I can't be well unless you're well. And so it's this interconnection that we have as human beings. Um, and so then she started doing some uh, compassion-based work in the jailing system, in the, in the prison system, which is how I got to know her. And I thought to myself, this story has to be has to be out there. Like somebody has to hear this story. <laughs> and so I got the inkling to start a podcast and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just, I'll be the one to show it. Um, and it sort of started from there. And, you know, I, I look for stories that are like that. And the reason being is because this is truly who we are. We are compassionate and loving beings. And we've learned all of these things we become so fearful and constricted that we stop seeing each other as human beings and how can we get back to that place and so that's really kind of how this whole thing got started on um on giselle's podcast you had mentioned uh about lara and then i'd listened to your podcast episode with her on it i'm so glad you like strongly recommended that i that i listened to it um because just simply blown away by who she is. And I'm even now more blown away that this is what inspired you to start doing um, the Love and Compassion podcast. And her story is just remarkable. It shows the type of love and compassion that we just don't see very often. And, you know, I think about myself, would I be able to show that sort of love and compassion in that moment? I hope so. You know what I mean? I, uh, for my higher consciousness, I would. Um, but on this physical plane, would I? And um, I, all I can say is I, I hope, but in those sorts of situations, because we talked about this before hopping on, but like she emulated the Christ consciousness. Like Christ was ridiculed also for showing love and support to the people who hated him. Um, and that's what she did in this moment. She showed love and compassion to the person that you would most likely least show those sorts of um those sorts of feelings for because of what he was doing uh to her so just her bravery um her actions in that moment the fact that she didn't keep the story to herself that she shared it with the world i think is just so important to show that this exists and yes she was criticized um that's a part of it again christ was greatly criticized too it's like when you are acting in these radical thoughts and beliefs in terms of love and compassion, people think it's wrong. 
They think that we should hate other people regardless of what they do to us. And I understand that, but I firmly disagree with that myself. Like I get where they're coming from. I came from that place uh, more in the past. I sure in moments, I still do come from that place now, but I know on like a higher level of being in a higher state of consciousness, what that person does to me should never affect how I feel towards that person because that story too with her, I know she said um, that the man had mentioned that he was suicidal that morning, uh, that he wasn't allowed to see his, his child who was like the love of his life. So not condoning his actions based on how he was feeling at all, but understanding that what he did had nothing to do with her. And the fact that she believes that that even saved her life showing him compassion so that he could see her more as a human, as a being than as nothing. It's just, it's, it's, it literally leaves me in awe, the bravery of who she is, um, how she made it through that experience, coming back and writing a book, going on podcasts and, and sharing that with the world. And was something that she mentioned uh, that, uh, in the podcast as well too, um, we all know that hurt people hurt people, obviously. And she kind of flipped it in a moment to be like, right, okay, this hurt person is going to hurt me. But if I can diminish their hurt through a little bit of love and empathy, well, then that will diminish them hurting me. It's like our love can literally create that. It can diminish the hate and the darkness in the world. And there was just so many incredible things. The name of the book is called, uh, it's called The Jaguar Man. Jaguar man, yes, because she there were some things that she didn't know about him, so she she had a hard time speaking about his story without being able to talk to him, and so she kind of mis mixes these myths and facts, and so she uses the jaguar kind of as an allegory of who he was, like he was predatory, but at the same time, you know, like um, he was a, a, a you know he was he had gone to his base instincts, I guess, but inside there was a being, right? Like yeah. a being worth getting to know. Um, so yeah, so that was um, why she used the Jaguar. Um, and she talks a little bit about it in the podcast. Um, so you mentioned the Christ consciousness and, you know, um, a lot of the, 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 the Christ stuff that was in the Bible, it talks about how we should love our enemies and how it really is, um, you know, loving ourselves and then holding space for other people. Um, and somewhere along the way, we really got away from that. Like we really got away from, because we're so afraid. We're so afraid of getting hurt. We feel so vulnerable that we don't, that, and, and we also want to punish. We have this need to punish, to hurt others when we are hurt. Yep. And we don't see the irony of that, which is interesting. But one of the things I've actually started doing is slowly implementing that the love thy enemies piece in my everyday life. So when I struggle, and I don't always get this right, trust me, but when I struggle most with people at times, or even when I'm having a challenge with my kids, I've actually just started sending them love as we're having the challenge. And what I have discovered is it actually disarms the conversation. It actually allows, because I am then not vibrationally aligned to it, and I don't contribute to the conversation by escalating. I mean, I find it just kind of relaxes the um, the, the the discourse, right? Like the, the the challenge that we're having at the time. I've done it at work as well. I've had challenges with people where I was like, okay, I can't control their behavior, but I can control how I react. So I'm going to give myself love first, and then I'm going to get curious about you and send you love, believe that you are whom I want you to be, which is this loving person. And I, my relationships have shifted. And so it really all starts with us, but we're so afraid, Justin. We're so afraid of getting hurt. And I've been there. Trust me when I tell you I've been there. <laughs> we're so, so afraid of getting hurt. And we feel so vulnerable, which is why we have to start with ourselves first. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When, when you can experience those shifts, and I don't do it all the time either, but the times that, you know, um, I'm able to do it where, you know, someone isn't being kind, um, they're being hurtful. And when you can, instead of going back at them and just building the, the anger, 
like you can feel that, right? When someone, again, is nasty to you and you come right back at them, we all feel that vibration and it does not feel good. And we can feel it build and build and build and build and build. Um, and then in the moments where, you know, I can be calm and not let that person affect how I act. Because that's so important too. It's like when we give the person the ability to affect us and, and create our reaction, well, then we're giving all of our power away to, to them. And I'm someone, you know what, and I think everyone out there as well, I don't want to give my power away. I don't want to blame somebody else for, for how I acted or how I reacted um, to someone in a situation. So when, you know, when it can be really calm and I can have love for that person and understand, even though I don't know what they're going through, there's got to be some struggle in their life. They're just like me. You know, they're hurting just like I'm hurting sometimes, just like we're all hurting sometimes. And when you, you can literally feel the energy when you're able just to be chill mm -hmm. and then give them love, yeah. not fight back with them. It, it, it really, like, it's such a beautiful experience because we're so used to it going the other way. So then when it goes this way, it's like, whoa, this is how these situations can actually go. I don't need to fight back with this person. We can actually just have a conversation. I can just give them love. And like in giving them love, it's without the expectation that they're going to give love back to me. Yeah. Right. It's, um, it's giving the love with zero expectation of what we're going to get in return because I've done that before too, where I'll give the person love and I expect it back and then they don't give it back to me. And I'm like, Whoa, like what was the point of me even doing that? Like, why did I, I sucked it up and I, I was my better self. And then for what, but it's like, that's, not, <laughs> uh, th the reason why we do that is for ourselves so that we don't become unconscious in that moment too and get brought down and torn down onto that, that lower vibration. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's for, it's for everybody. It's for the vibration of the planet. Um, but I think that's an important part of it to not have expectations in your kindness. Just be kind because that's who you are. And that's how you want to show up in the world. It's like every single moment we have an opportunity. It's beautiful to express who we truly are. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who do we want to express ourselves as? Who do we want to be in every moment? We want to be at the positive shift or the negative shift. And that's something that is, again, I don't do it every time, uh, but it's fun to work at because when you are able to achieve, it's like, yes, this is what it's all about. And it just gets you excited to continue on that path and just continue to, to be the light in those moments and, and just to keep things positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, you said so many great things. <laughs> so I'm grateful for that. Um, you know, it, one of the things that I do want to say is that, you know, you mentioned, uh, you touched quickly on the issue that compassion is about common humanity, which is seeing each other's humanity and see, understanding that we're all kind of doing the best we can and that we're mm. all struggling, right? So that's really key. Um, but I think uh, one of the really, really great things you said is about the, the concept of embodying, right? Uh, embodying that unconditional love. Uh, which is challenging for us, right? Um, so every day you work at embodying and you embody that love, right? And you have to choose. And I think we are really, really don't have a good understanding of what love is. We've been taught love is conditional. We've been taught that I have to get something back from you, Justin, if I'm giving you love, uh, because I'm afraid that I'm not lovable. And so, but when you start to give yourself that love and fill your cup, with all of those things that you want from others. So, so often we give our power away to others because we think they're our source of good. You know, if you love me, Justin, then I will be lovable. If you give me attention, then I will be worthy of attention. But if we can give that to ourselves, then we can hold space for others and say, okay, I'm in my sovereignty. I am choosing not to get caught up because I have, I've totally been there too. Like, Sometimes it goes so quickly, it's like a spark flu, right? Somebody gets upset and then you're like, before you know it, you're like, yep. like the spark yeah. has flown in me. But the more I practice being in my sovereignty, the more I practice giving to myself that which I'm seeking from others, the more I, then I can stand back and go, 
oh, I don't have to choose to go into the emotion and get sucked in by the, by the drama and by this. I can really stand back as an observer and hold space for myself and the other person so that I can get curious and I can, I'm able to provide them love whether they accept it or not. And if they don't accept it, it'll come back to you. It's not going anywhere. Um, and if they do accept it, then you will find like an ease or grace um, that kind of comes from um, I remember there was one time, and this is interesting, and I don't know what was going on with this person. I was standing in line at a Starbucks, um, and this person came in, and their energy was just off. You could tell something. I don't know if they were planning to rob a place. I don't know what it was. Um, <clears throat> and they were coming in through the line, and all I did, because they were going to be right behind me, all I did was, I'm just going to send you love. I don't know what's going on for you, but I feel there's something going on. I just feel, so I sent it out just without intention. If they didn't feel it, it didn't feel it. The person looked at me and said, I can't be here and then left. And I was like, wow, that was strange. And I was texting my friends and I'm like, oh my God, you will never believe what happened. And I have no idea to this day what, was, what it was, what was happening for this person. But that was one of the things I have learned that the power of love really is powerful. So I don't know why we've been so afraid all this time. We can become the most powerful beings if we're in our, in the state of love, in the state of compassion. Mm -hmm. I noticed that I'm not the most loving and compassionate person when I haven't given to myself. And then I'm like, oh, Dustin wants me to be compassionate, but I'm kind of almost at the end, but I'm going to try to give it to him anyways. And that's when it doesn't work. Yeah. And I definitely, I wanted, I'm glad you brought up compassion again. And, uh, cause I was just, I was thinking about it, you know, what, what, it, like, what is compassion? Like, what is it, what does it really mean? What's the purpose of it? And when I was listening to the podcast with Lara, her compassion for him wasn't like saying it was okay, what he was doing or condoning what he was doing or being happy about what he was doing to her. Um, the compassion was just being able to understand that this person is suffering, that this person is greatly hurting, that they're in a really low place. I mean, again, the guy thought about committing suicide earlier that morning. So there's just, and because that's, she mentioned this too. It's like when we have compassion for others, a lot of time that times that is misinterpreted as acceptance uh for what they're doing or just like not caring and being like oh you know i have compassion for them so it's okay you know that the the terrible thing that they did and i think it's just it's really uh, important to, uh, to separate those things and to know that because you have compassion for somebody doesn't mean that you think what they're doing is right or acceptable uh, it just means that you realize our oneness you know that we're all connected and that uh, they, you just recognize like yourself and another. It's like, they're just in pain. Like I've been so many times and not condoning their actions, but just being there and being like, I can have love for you because mm -hmm. I know and I can see that you are in pain. And I don't, to me, when I know someone is in pain, it's like, it makes it a little bit easier for me to have love for them right? Because I don't want them to be in pain. And it's like the whole idea of our consciousness too, of when someone else is in pain, that is us too. We are also in pain because when that person, because we are literally all connected. So when that person is not feeling their true self, when they're not feeling whole, when they're feeling diminished and low, that affects the vibration and the energy all around us. And in that person feeling that way, yes, they may commit actions that also can bring us down. So it's like, I think we all just, and I'm realizing that more and more, we all need to realize how connected we truly are. And someone else's, someone else's anguish is also my anguish. We think it's just so outside of ourselves. We think it's there and I'm here. <laughs> but that's kind of one of the, um, uh, the delusions of this reality is that we see ourselves as separate because I'm here and they're there. And I get that we're physical. It looks like we're separate. In, in, in reality, we're, we're not separate. We are literally all connected. We're not these solid pieces of mass. We're little, little tiny bits of vibrating energy. Um, so when I think about it that way, it helps me realize that we're not so separate and we all kind of, all kind of mix and, and connect with one another. But just realizing that that pain that that person is feeling 
is also affecting us, is also affecting me, is also affecting everyone who's listening right now. And that helps me have more compassion too for people because, you know, I know that their pain isn't serving them. I know it's not doing them justice. It doesn't make them feel good. It's not, again, good for anybody or anything or any energy or, or any vibration in this universe. It, it doesn't help us. And knowing that person probably doesn't want to feel that way either. When I'm down and I'm low, I don't want to feel that way. You know what I mean? And sometimes we feel like it's not a choice. I firmly believe we always do have a choice. But in those moments, it feels like we don't have a choice. And like I've been there as well. And in that moment, I just want compassion for people. I, I, you know, I don't like the way that I'm feeling. Love and compassion could really help me in that moment. So just trying to, not even trying to, giving that effort for those people who are not in, in the best state of being at that time and just having compassion for them and just knowing that their pain, we've also felt that before too. And just that they, just like us at that time, we didn't want to feel that. And what heals all? Love. It literally does. Love is who we truly are. And the power of love, I just really believe that the energy of love, the power of love is the strongest vibration, the strongest energy in the universe and can heal all. And honestly, like Lara is a great example of that because she showed him love. Mm -hmm. And with that, she felt some healing from that. You know what I mean? They were able to see each other on another level that at least he wasn't able to see her on. And I'm sure she wasn't able to see him on either. And in that love, it created her and what she firmly believes to have saved her life. So it's just, I don't, yeah, I love, that's why I love that your love and compassion, the name of your podcast is just, is so perfect and sharing stories like Lara's, um, just those massive acts of compassion. And it just shows us what's actually possible, right? Because here, before hearing that story, I may think it would be never possible for someone to express love and compassion the way that she did. But with that example, it's like, whoa, that mm -hmm. is, that, that can, that can happen. And that is a possibility in this realm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, that is, is so, so true. And I think that was one of the reasons why I felt compelled to sh share her story. Um, and I know, you know, you had mentioned way back about, you know, people think that having compassion for someone is actually agreeing to the the behavior you know um Laura has learned to have, have really strong boundaries and she has very very strong boundaries and compassion requires you having very strong boundaries and saying it's it's compassionate for me not to be in this situation I can love you from afar I don't have to be with you I don't have to be in a domestic violence situation and still love you I can release you with love so you don't have to put yourself in situations that put you in danger in order for you to express love you can love yourself first give yourself the time and if you can't love the person that's okay, tend to your own wounds, but you can allow other people to love them, allow other people to get curious. Now I have a kind of a leaning question for you, Justin. If the Jaguar man didn't have the story that he had, would he still have been worthy of love and compassion? Like if he, if he wasn't suicidal, if he wasn't, if he hadn't lost his son, which was the love of his life and he was miserable, um, would he still be, have been worthy of love? That is such a good question, right? Because every time I've thought about that, his sad experiences um, have allowed me to um, find more compassion for him. Even it, and I, it's easy for me to find compassion. It didn't happen to me. You know, I'm very on the outside skirts of this. So outside looking in it, you know, it's, it's always easier um, than when you're actually in the experience. And that's the brilliance of life. We may think who we are, but let's see what happens when the experience actually shows up and then we get to prove and, and, and show to the world who we are. So Giselle, my, my literally what my, my first thought is my higher self is that yes, of course he's still worthy of love and compassion. Um, and I guess that that's kind of the thing too. It's like removing, you know, not like the justification of it, but removing the empathy that we have based on something like, right. He's got to have had a bad experience. He has to be low. He has to be all these things in order for me to actually have empathy and compassion for this person. And thank you for asking that question. Cause that's making me realize, and I was doing that. 
I was very much being like, okay, well, all these reasons. Okay, well, that's another reason. Okay, I can forgive him a little bit more. Okay, that, okay, well, he dealt with that too. Okay, well, that helps me forgive him a little bit more or have compassion for him a little bit more. But it, it, it shouldn't be based on that. And that's one of the things that I've noticed too, um, is that we have this kind of hierarchy. People yeah. call it the hierarchy of compassion. My husband's like, that's not compassion. <laughs> so we have this hierarchy that we think of deservability. So the person who is worthy then can be loved and have compassion for. So it, it's, 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 you know, when we go back to think about the definition of compassion, one of the things we say in our center is that um, compassion is without judgment. Compassion is allowing all things to be. And I struggle with this one. My husband and I have lots of conversations about compassion is allowing all things to be. And what it means is not so much that we should just watch people suffer and then that's it. It's more around that the belief that underneath it all, we really are powerful beings and that we're in this creation to learn, to learn how to love ourselves and other people. Um, and really, we should be helping those who want our help and helping them in the way that they want us to help them, not in the way that we think we should help them. Mm -hmm. And that's really, once we get caught up in the judgment, without judgment piece is really hard. And it's hard in systems. Like I used to work in the child protection system. It's all about judgment. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to be compassionate if you are judging people about whether or not they did or didn't do something. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things that, we, you know, I, I talk to about with my husband all the time, one of the things I contemplate is, <clears throat> What if the most hurtful people, what if the people that were the most horrible in the world really were the best people for us? Meaning that they are teaching us that which we need to overcome so that we can step up into our own sovereignty and our own power. So what if those people really are the greatest help, right? Because when I think of my journey, I've been hurt many, many times. I have had trauma. I've had all of these things. And, I, you know, I went through my journey of having anxiety and panic attacks. And when I think about all the people in my life and those people that I found the most hurtful, it was in order to address that hurt that I needed to kind of step into my own sovereignty. I really needed to give myself and stop depending on their love, their need, stop with my thoughts hurting myself and continuing to re-traumatize myself from those experiences. So it really became about, nobody's coming to save me. I'm going to have to help myself and I'm going to have to give myself the love and compassion, which I'm seeking out. And from that arose the, the, the love and compassion that I could have for others. So I've been really kind of torn with the experience. It's a little bit kind of lean in. Sometimes I feel like, it, you know, it's, it's, but um, one of the things, one of the resources you shared with me, which I absolutely love, is Neil Donald Walsh's, um, what is it called? The Little... The Little the little Soul in the Sun. Yeah. Yes. And in that, in, in that um, Neil Donald Walsh talks about how, like, we are all, the, the soul cannot be broken. The spirit cannot be broken. Mm -hmm. And from our perspective, we do believe that we don't die after death. Our physical body dies, but our spirit goes on. And I, I have had experiences which feel like past lifetimes. And you're like, oh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yes, that's what I'm um, But if the spirit cannot be broken, you, we really fundamentally cannot be hurt by the behavior of these other people. And so really we believe we're broken, which is why we really kind of get down and really, you know, feed into the anxiety and feed onto the, the worthlessness and the lack of love and so on. But once we're able to see that there is nothing that anybody else can do to us that can destroy us fundamentally, we really start to see this all as just our creation and really an opportunity to really learn about love, unconditional mm -hmm. love, love for ourselves, love for our fellow man. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting to, to see the world from that perspective, because then, then all of these things that we put so much energy and attention on and that we think is so catastrophic really don't start to feel as big and heavy, but it's hard to, it's hard to contemplate that if you know what I mean, like it's hard to, to see it when you're in it, especially when you're in it, you're like, no, oh, this is a horrible person. I'm, I'm the victim. But that keeps us really stuck in that victim consciousness in, you know, in, in that really is disempowering to us. 
Yeah, this is a really exciting thing to talk about. Um, I'm getting like stoked. So, right. So I'll just say too, with what you were just talking about, it's easy to have that perspective when we're not in the midst of it, like you just said. And I know that about myself. I'm like, it is really easy to have these thoughts, but again, who am I actually going to be in the moment? So when you were saying that before, you know, the people who have hurt us, who have done us wrong, you know, some of the worst people in the world. And I saw your face start to kind of like cringe as you were saying, you're like, are they like maybe the best people in the world for us? Because it's hard to say that. It is. is. Because first, I think about why is it hard to say that? Because to say that the people who have hurt us are some of the best people, it just goes against what we normally believe. It goes against what we are ingrained in. Um, Me, for the fact that people are probably going to judge me for saying something like that because they think I'm delusional or they think something not so great about me uh, because we're giving love to the people who have hurt us. But I could not agree more. I feel like, you know, we're souls. We come to this body in this physical form to experience, to evolve as our soul. We come here to be who we truly know that we are, right? In the higher realm, um, at source, our, our soul, we know that we're love. We know that we're all these beautiful emotions. We know that about ourselves, of course, because that's just who we truly are. But we come here to experience that, right? Because you can know and know and know for years and millennia, but there's a difference in knowing who you are and experiencing who you actually are. So in the little soul in the sun, everybody, please go to YouTube, type in little soul in the sun. It's like 14 minutes. It will change your reality. Um, just a brief part about it is, um, a soul wants to experience and the soul wants to experience forgiveness. It's like, I know a beautiful emotion I want to experience. I want to experience forgiveness. And then another soul says, okay, you know what? We will go to this realm and in the physical form, and I will do something to you pretty bad but it will allow you to experience forgiveness. And the other soul's like, yes, amazing. I get to experience forgiveness. And the other soul's like, okay, but you have to remember that like, oh, we're actually, we're not going to remember who we truly are. I have to be totally the opposite of myself. I have to literally vibrate lower so that I can do something to you so that you can experience forgiveness. So when you think about it from that perspective, It's like the person who did you wrong, they gave you the gift of experiencing forgiveness for another. Forgiving feels incredible. Does it feel incredible when the person does a thing to us that we need to forgive them for? Not so much, but, or it depends on who you are really. But the fact that we get to actually experience forgiving somebody and uh, something that has just helped me and everything I, anytime I ever talk about anything that I'm doing or that's helped me, it is solely to help other people and just be like, this has worked. Maybe it can work for you as well. Maybe not, but I'd at least still rather give you the information, um, and let you do with it, uh, what you want. But in, I mean, in that story in, in knowing and experiencing that the little soul in the sun has changed me drastically. And what I was going to say is It helps me, and again, something I'm working on every single day, is to take everything as a gift. Every experience as a gift, as this is something that is going to help evolve my soul and help connect me back to my truest self. And without those experiences, for me to practice and proclaim to the world that I am forgiving, that I am empathy, um, then how do I know that's who I truly am? Right. So when we can do those things, it's like, thank you for this gift so that I can experience um, this emotion. And like you said before too, it's like our soul can't be fractured. Our soul can't even really be hurt. So it's like, and also if we look at this as just an experience, it's 70, 80, hopefully hundred years in the grand scheme of infinite This is just a blip. So from Mm -hmm. our soul's perspective, it's like, yeah, I'll go experience these things. It's literally nothing. 
But yeah, of course I'll go experience these things so I can experience and also grow more um, and just evolve uh, to who I am. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, when, I, when I think about forgiveness, forgiveness really is for ourselves because the longer we don't forgive someone, the longer we remain attached to them, if you actually, the more we keep giving our power over to that person that we're not forgiving. So forgiveness enables us to be free yeah. from those the, from those experiences, from those people, from those stories. Um, and really, this journey is about us finding our own power, finding, stepping up into our own sovereignty and realizing that no one has the power to, to hurt us. No one has the power. When you start in your yes. own sovereignty, no one has the power to destroy you. Right. No one. Um, even in death, and that was the the whole story about the Christ consciousness, right? About the the you know Christ being you know crucified and so on. Everybody really focuses on the crucifixion, right? Like Jesus died, so look, and he was a nice guy, and he died. So what does that say to me? <laughs> it's like, but good is bad. Loving other people is bad. Mm. I think what people don't remember is that three days later, according to the story, he rose up. So he surpassed. He transmuted death. And said, okay, so death is like the last frontier, right? With COVID, everyone's so afraid. That's one of the main things that people are afraid of getting it. People are afraid of dying. Yep. Um, and so Jesus' story was about the resurrection, the rising up, the no matter what you have done to me, I've been able to love my enemies. I've been able to heal people. I've been able to use my whole power. And I've now been able to surpass death and, be, and move beyond that to show us that we are not just these limited beings limit, living this limited experience um, and that these experiences that we have with other people, we bring to ourselves so that we can have these incredible moments of forgiveness mm. and love and so on without conditions, but that experiencing that unconditional love is beyond beyond what we can comprehend, but it's so freeing and it really allows you to step up to your own sovereignty. So I think it's these extraordinary things that we're preventing ourselves from doing it because we keep ourselves kind of stuck and weak and vulnerable. But it's it's it, it's challenging. It feels challenging in the moment. I know that I have been challenged. I've had to forgive people. I've also have to I have had to ask for forgiveness mm. too. So and like you said very beautifully, I wanted to be loved to experience love and compassion when I hurt others, but I wasn't so keen in doing it the other way. Right? Like I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be to be forgiven. But did I do the same thing for other people? Not always. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's key, right? What we do for ourselves, we do for others. What we do for others, we do for ourselves. It's that interconnection. Absolutely. And forgiveness is like it's such a relief release. The forgiveness is for us, like you said. Because when I'm mad at somebody for whatever reason and I can't forgive them for what they did to me, unforgiving somebody, unforgiveness sucks. It hurts, right? It does not feel good for us at all. It's like this weight, this energy that we're carrying around with us. And we think it only impacts and affects the other person, but it's just not that way at all. We think, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to forgive this person, so I'm not going to talk to them and I'll send them little, you know, snidey remarks here and there. And it's like, so we think it's outward. We think it's that person who's being affected. And it's just not. It's us who's just in turmoil, who's just like rotting away on the inside. And when we can forgive, it is such an immense release uh, of energy and just brings us such peace. It's, it's mm-hmm. for us. Absolutely. I love that quote. Do you remember that quote that it's like... Um, that anger is the, the poison you drink so that there's somebody else, so that somebody else dies. It's something like that, like, right? You think, hoping yeah. that there's somebody else dies. It's, yep. it's so true. Um, I've been in situations where I have been like, um, I was really, really angry growing up. Very, very angry. Um, my parents uh, both faced um, child abuse. Um, and so in very different ways. Um, and we grew up in a household where we were taught kind of the survival skills of children who had extreme trauma. Um, and so I grew up not trusting anybody. I grew up super angry. Like I grew up and had many different experiences that were quite negative. And so I was really suffering. Like I was, I remember waking up and I was living on my own. I was doing my master's and I was like, 
why am I so angry? Like I left, I, I, you know, when I left my home, I thought I would be happier because I wasn't always, um, I mean, my parents were great and they were doing the best they can. Mm. And so am I, right? And so, you know, they grew up in a really adverse environment and they did the best they could in terms of um, teaching myself and my sister. Um, I had a lot of intergenerational trauma and anxiety and stress and lack of trust. And I thought the world was horrible. and so I would wake up so angry and it was such a clench in my heart and in my stomach. Um, and when I look back upon those experiences now, and when I think about where I am now, I feel free, mm. be free from that anger, be free from that hate, from that fear. It just feels like ease and grace. Does that mean I don't have moments where I start to get anxious or have negative thinking? Of course not. I still have that, but allow it to pass rather than, diving into the emotion Um, and when I think about those two contrasting experiences it really is for myself that I released my anger and it Mm -hmm. was really freeing myself and and I didn't realize how much I was hurting myself by holding on to that yes I and I was thinking about this um during the episode two Giselle how did you get to where you are now what were some of the steps you took, right? What were some of the things that you did to come from that sort of a mindset and a heart set and state of being to just this immense, um, heart opening love uh, that you give forth? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Um, so I really, I got to the point where I could suffer no further. So I had been causing myself suffering with my own negative thinking. I was um, I was having anxiety attacks. I was having panic attacks. I didn't trust anyone, including my own husband. Uh, I didn't really certainly trust my own family. I had kind of like a, a not so great relationship at times with my uh, mom in particular. I love my mom very much. She's a wonderful person. It's a survivor, amazing survivor. I was taught some amazing survival skills from this woman. And she had to survive. She had a really horrible childhood. Um, and I went into child protection thinking that I could rescue children. And that once the children are rescued from their horrible parents, they would be, everything would be uh, great felt very, very disappointed at the system because what we do is, um, I mean, to say all systems reflect our current level of consciousness. Yes. The current system that we have developed focuses on fear, separation and division and protection as if, you know, like these are vulnerable beings and therefore we must protect them, but, but that's causing them harm in different ways. But and so I went into the system thinking, well, if I can fix this, then I will fix myself and I will, you know, I will prevent other people from suffering as well. Was very, very disappointed in the system. It doesn't uh, help people learn to love themselves and have compassion for themselves. It doesn't always make sure that people, families stay together. Um, and so I saw very disempowering people. Like I was able to talk to families, I was able to talk to young people and even the workers themselves. So all I saw was disempowerment. I saw disempowerment and suffering. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Justin, I was, um, I had, I had got, I had hit my threshold of suffering. I hit my threshold. I couldn't make myself suffer anymore. I was hurting myself with my thoughts. I was such a negative thinker. I thought everything was going to go wrong all the time. And that's how I, I lived in survival mode and hypervigilance and always waiting for some, for the other shoe to fall off. And so I hit my wall and I was having lunch with my, my bestie. And I was complaining about something in particular, one of my things in my life. And she was eating her salad. And she looks at me very, you know, like my, like my only my girlfriend can. And she leans this and she goes, why are you doing this to yourself? And then she goes back to eating. Because I did not have the awareness yeah. that it was me, that no matter what had happened to me or no matter what it had, I had experienced or what I had been taught, I was continuing to traumatize myself every day with my thinking. And I thought, crap. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm doing it. If I, if I have the power to do this to myself, I have the power to stop it. So I had to reprogram my brain. I started with positive affirmations. I started with one of the people that I found was really the most loving person. And that is Louise Hay. Have you heard of her? No. So Louise Hay was this woman. And I think she suffered uh, sexual abuse when she was younger. 
and uh, she taught affirmations. So she was big, big on affirmations. And, it, and she was one of the first people that taught me that everyone's just doing the best we can, myself included. So I would listen to her affirmations nonstop, just in the background, just so I had to reprogram all the negative thinking that people are horrible and the bad things always happen and I can't have things and people are abusive. I had to, so I started there and then I started to give myself that which I was looking for. I was, one of my things that I was having um, was that I was very insecure in myself. And so I was constantly looking for validation and I was constantly achieving and I was constantly, and then I said to myself, enough. So now I want to give this to myself. I'm, so I would tell myself that I was valuable. I would tell myself that I was lovable. I would tell myself that I was worthy of love, even if other people didn't see it. Because one day I had kind of like an aha moment because I was like, if I don't think I'm worthy of my own love and compassion, why would anyone else? If I'm not worthy of my own time, like what the hell? So I started doing, and that's really where I started. I started to practice compassion for myself. I got really into mindfulness and meditation because I was able to go in and I had some really interesting experiences. It's so amazing when you meditate and you, you find the kind of the inner stillness. Mm. As I filled my bucket and as I felt more and more loved by myself and tapped into that source love, I was then able to see, hey, just like me, these like what you were talking about, because I feel like you embody um, compassion and love, Justin. I know we have, we all say we struggle, but and it just like me, these people are suffering, right? And so I started to understand people's behavior came from a source of suffering, and that people's behavior came from not knowing, from a lack of awareness, from a lack of. So like me, they were not aware that they're hurting themselves. Like mm -hmm. me, they're not aware how they hurting others really is just hurting themselves. And so that's how the whole thing started about my interest in seeing if we could just help people remember their own power, if we could just help them understand that they're truly powerful, they cannot be destroyed or broken, and that everything they're looking for is already in there. They're this unlimited, like you mentioned, there's this, they're this unlimited loving compassion. And we just have to unlearn all the crap we've learned, right? Which makes us not who we are. And then I also realized that when I felt the grossest, like the worst, it was when I was most out of alignment with who I'm really. And so that's when, that's how I quickly now know, like when I'm feeling like not good, I'm like, okay, I'm out of alignment. Where am I out of alignment here? Where am I working in a way that is, doesn't align with my love and compassion for women? And that's kind of how I started this whole journey. And that's how I became curious and interested in loving others. When I was able to give up for myself and then see, hey, you know what? Like other people are just as deserving of love as me. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, stories like that are really remarkable to me because, you know, during that time of your pain and suffering for years, right? That could be something that we would think that we didn't want. Like, I don't want to experience this. Why God is this happening to me? But the way I look at it, is that was something that was great for you because it got you to where you are today. It allows you to feel more compassion for people who are negative and who are suffering. And the only, I mean, the way you are able to really feel that compassion is because you experienced that. If you didn't experience it, well, then how could you fully connect and like really, really understand what those people are going through? So that is just like such a great example of how everything is a gift. Yeah. Like we talked about before. Um, yeah. It just kind of, it, it just depends on you choosing and deciding that it's a gift. It's your choice. You can say, okay, this is going to be, this is a gift for me. This is really hard right now, but how is this going to help me? And how is this going to serve me? Or you can think, well, this just sucks. And there's nothing good coming out of this at all. And then that, then that becomes your reality. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, yeah. You know, I just want your listeners to understand that suffering doesn't need to happen. So pain is inevitable in this human experience, right? Because we live in this kind of dualistic. So things, some things, sometimes things are going to happen yeah. that cause us pain, uh, you know, like loss and, you know, like death and all of those things that are currently our reality. Um, but suffering comes from our own resistance to our pain comes. From, and so we continue to make ourselves suffer. In my case, I had to suffer because I had so little awareness of how I was causing it for myself. 
I didn't eject in any of those other times when I was receiving messages that really this wasn't the path. I just kept going further and further down the suffering and causing myself suffering further. And I had, so I had to hit a wall. Some, for some people that wall means an illness. For some people that wall means loss. For some people that wall, but we do not have to hit that wall to, 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 to the shift around. And I think that's really why these conversations that you and I are having are so important. People don't have to get to the point where they hit a wall to go, hey, if I can just start today being more loving and compassionate towards myself, stop giving away my power and start giving myself the nurturance and reimagining, reimagining those experiences that caused me suffering. What would I have wanted in that moment when I was really, you know, because in Laura's situation, she was managing as she was managing at the time. Some of us can't go back in time, right? And, and But can we reimagine those instances and give ourselves what we needed in that moment? If our parent was particularly cruel, can we imagine ourselves or another being or them seeing ourselves, giving that to ourselves? Can we do that? Can we reimagine some of those experiences so that we can then start to give to others, right? Yeah, absolutely. And just a couple things I want to just uh, point out that you had mentioned um, and helping yourself, you know, get to just a more loving state. Uh, and I could not agree more with these, the three I wrote down that you mentioned, and I just want to reiterate these two people, anybody who's in a similar situation, because these helped me as well. Uh, mindfulness, meditation, and positive affirmations. It's like the mindfulness is to me, like one of the more crucial parts of it, because we just need to be mindful of, of, of our thoughts. We need to be aware because most times it's on autopilot and it's just our programming and it's just feeding us and feeding us and feeding us. And if we're not aware and focused on what it's feeding us, most of the time it is fear. Most of the time it is negativity because unfortunately our ego wants to protect us. And you know, it's the fear-based mentality of, okay, well don't let this happen so that I can survive. Um, and just to, to, you know, to filter out and to be aware, first you have to be aware that these negative thoughts are happening and then it takes time, but then they go, okay, okay, now I'm catching them. Okay, maybe I can't change them yet, but at least I'm catching them. Now I know that they're happening. And then we start to shift with positive affirmations, with gratitude, yeah. uh, with meditation, right? When we're meditating and we can literally put our focus on something of abundance or gratitude or positive in our life. So it's just, those are brilliant ways to help shift uh, our mindset. Because again, those are things exactly the things that I did to help shift me out of a more negative, very angry temper mindset that I used to, that I used to have. Yeah. And, and the, like you mentioned, I really wasn't aware of how I was hurting myself. Um, and now I realize as well that um, it's so funny that everyone's kind of a mirror of me. So when I get, I have a negative experience with someone, I start to now go back to myself and say, okay, why am I not giving myself that which I'm experiencing through this person? Like, what are you, hmm. what are you, what are they trying to say to me or mirror back to me about myself that I'm not, that I'm putting out there or giving to myself? <clears throat> and so, and one of the things I realized that the more I gave myself what I was looking for others, the more I saw that reflected back to me. So all that love and attention that I was looking, that validation that I started to get it, but by then I didn't need it. it I still love it. I'm grateful for it. Super, super grateful. You yeah. don't need it. So that's where you can become the most powerful being in your experience. You can be because you're no longer dependent on those other people. And so when you're mindful, you really are aware of how what you're putting out in your environment and how you are creating and attracting that in your environment. And then you can have the you have the power to shift it, to change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, the positive affirmations really were uh, just because at that time, I mean, other than my girlfriend telling me I was causing it, I wasn't really fully aware of how I was thinking negatively. But Louise Hayes in particular, and she doesn't work for everyone. Um, you know, people have to find their own thing. Listen to your own intuition because all the answers are in there. Listen to what resonates with you, right? In, in my case, Louise resonated with me completely. Um, and she would always tell me, like, you know, stop hurting yourself with your thoughts right? Make your thoughts your friends. 
You don't really need to hurt yourself. You're just doing the best you can. And so she gave me that nurturance that I, I wish I had received as a child. Um, and so for me, it was like that. So I used to call her my old lady. <laughs> and people then to me like, oh, you you listen to your old lady, right? And so for me, it was really that soothing. I was able to soothe myself through her words because I started to believe them and, and practice them. Um, so for me, that was critical. So it was the interplay, but all of us have an inner guidance system that is super powerful, which is like the super conscious that knows exactly what we need to do. But we so often too loud. And I have this problem. I'm too loud. My, my, my thoughts are too loud. I'm not quiet enough. But when I get quiet, I can listen to it. There's a little voice that says, hey, go left, go right. This is what you're looking for. This is your divine plan for yourself. This is what you are following. Uh, and that's where the meditation comes in. Because I've had to learn to practice to, to kind of shut down the, the or turn down the volume of my thoughts and provide space between thoughts so that I can get that guidance. Because I have a lot of thoughts, Justin. <laughs> Sometimes they're loud. They're like, right? And it's like, yep. Yes. It's like just quiet. Yes, like just quiet down a little bit. Once we're aware of them, our thoughts are pretty pretty much happening all the time. Um, and so, Giselle, I want to just ask you the question that I ask uh, every guest. So, um, I know that we both want to, you know, aid in shifting the collective consciousness of the planet uh, to a place that's just more compassionate and more loving, uh, one that embraces. Uh, and, fully, and fully knows our oneness as truth, uh, one that can be more forgiving uh, and empathetic and understanding and accepting and all those beautiful things. Uh, so what do you feel like, you know, you do every single day to help aid uh, in that shift of consciousness? Oh, wow. That's such a great question. Um, so I'm going to start with the, well, the, the canned response and then I'm going to tell you what I do every day. Um, so we do, I, um, we have a business called My Tree Center for Love and Compassion. I'm the co-owner. I do it with my husband uh, because I think male examples of love and compassion are so needed right now. Mm. Um, and my husband's not afraid to be vulnerable, right? So, because we talk about um, these things and that's part of kind of the work that we do is we help individuals remember their own self-love and self-compassion um, through workshops, through one-to-one -one support. Um, and we also um, work on bringing this into workplaces too, because there's so much suffering in workplaces that's so unnecessary. Um, but really what, how I am contributing is really every day by choosing to embody compassion. In every interaction that I have with people, I want them to, I, I, I want to feel love and I want them to feel loved. I want to be, because even if, like even if anything goes nowhere, even if my business went to the ground, like even if that, fine. It really is about the small everyday experiences of compassion. <clears throat> you have no idea how many times I have had people that I maybe had a small interaction with, like small, come back to me later in life and say, you know, that interaction is really powerful. And it's not just with me. I've heard other people say that, especially with a number of children in care. They would say, so-and-so one day brought me a coffee and he saw me as a human being and I still remember that. Or they invited me to their house that one time and I still remember, that was kind of the highlight of my year. You have no idea how powerful each of those connections are. So every day, if you could carry love for yourself, and just interact in a loving manner. Even if you love people from afar, like you're like, you know, some people are just not there. That's okay. I'm going to choose to be here in this distance and send you love just from here. That's okay. And so I, every day I choose to be loving and compassionate. And some days I'm not successful, but I still make the choice in the next moment. And that's what I think is going to change the world. It's not gonna be a center. It's not gonna be anything other than each of us loving ourselves and each other. And I think that's really what's gonna change the world because otherwise it's just, <laughs> we're not gonna make it. <laughs> I've, oh, I could not, I could not agree more. 
it's each and every single one of us doing those doing those quote unquote little things, but they're not little. No. They're actually huge powerful. and so powerful. And when we can multiply those over every single day amongst everybody in the planet, then you can like, be like, wow, that is really, really huge. And that can make such a big difference. And yeah, and that's what it is. It's with, it's in, in each and every single one of us, which to me is like so cool. We're not relying on something else on an outside source. It's us. And if we all chose right now in this moment to be love and to see each other as equals, as ourselves, boom, everything in this consciousness, in this reality would shift. Yeah. So, Sorry, if I could just yeah. add, like, yeah. you know, what you said was so spot on. I think people think that they have to be Mother Teresa or Gandhi or Oprah or Jesus. You don't. You have the power right now to be loving to yourself and other people. You have the power. That is like being the most powerful being in the world, right? To be able to show yeah. love. So you don't have to be this huge thing. Like you already are. You just have to kind of tap in and just be your on your your authentic self. And you have the power to change the world just by your presence. So every day we make that choice, right? Again, you don't have to always get it right because then you know sometimes we beat ourselves up over like, oh, I should be a super well, because my kids will say to me, oh, you're so loving. This isn't very loving and compassionate. <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you for the mirror um but yeah right now people have the power to change our world absolutely i love that so much um and giselle before we cut out if you can just let people know where they can find you the podcast the center all that good stuff yeah for sure we are in www.maitricentre.com so it's my tree center it's my tree um, and what that actually means is loving kindness in Sanskrit. Uh, our podcast is called the Love and Compassion Podcast with Giselle. It's available on Apple and all the major, um, you know, podcasts, holders. <laughs> um, and you can find the podcast on our website as well. And thank you so much, Justin, for having me on the show. This has been a really great conversation. It's always nice to chat with you. I could chat with you for hours. Oh my gosh, I could too. When you meet like like-hearted and like-minded people, yeah. oh, I could literally just infinite, you know, never, ever stop talking about it because it's, you know, when you can connect and realize there are people who are putting love first and are seeing our truth of um, literally our oneness and uh, every day, doing their absolute best to be the light uh, and to help create that shift. It just, it feels, it just feels amazing to chat with people like that. And then also just to know that people like that exist. And I think that's why, you know, part of the reason why the podcast is so powerful because it shows people um, like you that exist and it's inspiring, you know, and uh, I think it just gives people the courage to maybe take that leap uh, to be more loving in those moments when they're difficult to be like, wow, Giselle, you know, she, I listened to it and she can do that. And, you know, it just, it just reminds us of, of who we truly are. Everybody, we love you so much. Thank you for, uh, for hanging out with me and Giselle. It really was a beautiful conversation. Um, I hope people, hope it just makes you feel good and uh, just allows you to know all of the love and compassion that are truly out in the world. Um, so Giselle, thank you again so much for being here. I have so much love for you. Thank you, me too. <laughs> Bye everybody.